Today, the Be Different podcast is with Nate, Ryan, and Aaron of 500 Miles to Memphis, and this is their Be Different Spotlight. children pray and starve. Thank you. 
just so you're aware, when you talk into the mic, if you move to the side, it's like really sensitive. So okay. if you just slide right here, I'm already gonna lose you. Okay. So you gotta right. stay pretty. Right on. You gotta really give the, the microphone some lip service. Mm. I'm good at eating the mic. Yeah. See. <laughs> I can do this all day. All right, fellas. Well, thank you for joining the Be Different podcast on on a Monday. Ho- hopefully, this brings a little bit more energy to your week. A lot oh. of guys on Monday, I feel like they're a little bit toned down. They're a little bit tired. The energy's low. I don't feel like that's you guys. But hopefully, the Be Different podcast is bringing a little bit of life to the guys from 500 miles to Memphis. Absolutely. But I don't think it's ever us guys. I don't think there's ever a day that we're not just amped to be alive and playing rock and roll, That's true. bluegrass, whatever we're doing. That's good. So how would you exactly describe your sound? What, what, what would you say? Uh, well, we call it Americana punk rock. Okay. But... Um, you know, just the region that we're in, you know, Cincinnati, the Ohio Valley mm-hmm. uh, and Appalachia, there's just so many roots of, you know, traditional folk music and bluegrass. I mean, the bluegrass bands in this area alone are phenomenal. And that's kind of what we all grew up with. And, you know, we got to high school, discovered punk rock, mm-hmm. picked, put down the banjo, picked up the electric guitar, plugged in a Marshall and said, see you later. Um but as I got older, when I first started this band, well, I started it in 2003, and wanted to just mix my love of, you know, Appalachia, some country roots, and punk rock. And so when I first started, I couldn't decide if I wanted to start, you know, a folk band, country band, or a punk rock band. And I, I didn't really have my chops all that together mm-hmm. at the time. I was 19, and... Uh, so I just started writing and stuff started coming out. And as we got older, we honed our sound and just kind of mixed, you know, the sound of the region that we're from with punk rock. And it just felt like a natural thing because we want to play loud and fast because who doesn't love doing that? It's just yeah. so much fun. And then you mix it, you know, staying true to, you know, our indigenous roots. And uh, that's just, that's how 500 was born. Just out of uh, <laughs> many fathers and mothers, uh, you know, sired this band. One, two, three, four. I took your name and carved it in the tree. Wrapped it in a heart and put it next to me. God, I gotta get back home. I walked out on the road or moving much too slow. Tattooed across my back From a handwritten letter That you sent me less Oh my god I gotta get back home Lunged out on the road Or moving much too slow
And Ryan, you founded the band all the way back in 2003. Yeah. So we talk about that initial process of forming the band. And Were then you learning how to do three pointers? Were you five? Yeah. Were you five a, years old? That's, that's a good question because my, <laughs> my background is on the basketball court. So from the age of about four years old to about 24, I took 500 to 1,000 shots every single day. So oh by 2003, God. I had already taken probably close to a million shots by that point. So you're like Steve Kerr. Yeah, similar yeah. to Steve Kerr, yeah. And no similar stranger to practice. No, that no. is what it's all about. Yeah, that's right. You just got to continue day in and day out. That's key. Yeah. Because yeah. after I got done playing, I coached guys for about three, four years every single day. So I taught guys shooting for about 40 hours a week for four years after I played. So, How about that? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many parallels between that and music. I mean, obviously, one is sports, one is music. But there are art forms involved, and there is a certain dedication involved to your craft, mm-hmm. no matter what that craft is. And that, that is absolute. God, when I first started, man, I was terrible. And I don't think I'm anything great now. But I was so bad. I could barely sing and play guitar at the same time, but I was still, I still had a dream for this band, and I did it anyway, and surrounded myself with good musicians, and eventually got to the point where I was like, huh, I can actually play this thing okay, and uh, you just stay at it, and hours and hours of practice every day, and, uh, you know, the one good thing about music that's not with, you know, basketball is I can do this till I'm 90. Very true. Hopefully. Where I couldn't, and the injuries really started to set in. And that's not, yeah. ACL, meniscus tear, hip fracture, hernia. You had a hip fracture? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, all the way through. That sounds terrible. That's rough. Yeah, (laughs) completely rough. So what's your practice regimen like right now for for each of you guys? Uh, Well, me, uh, in the evenings, I I have two kids and a wife. And uh, so at about 10 p.m., maybe 11 p.m. to about 1 a.m., um, I just plug in a guitar, just, I might learn a cover song. I might, you know, just write, do songwriting, but every night's different. But my hand is on a guitar or a banjo every single day. And I mean, it's just what I love doing. It doesn't really feel like work. Um, but yeah, so I'd say for the witching hour between 11 and 2 a.m. is when I'm making noise or trying not to make too much noise right. <laughs> to wake the family. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I do. Nate, what about for you? Oh, well, I joined the band like a year ago. Okay. I'm a lifelong drummer, and I started messing around with guitar back a couple years back now. It's been a while. So how did you enter into the band? Oh, boy. Uh, we're buddies. A uh, band I had, he would jump in and play guitar with us here and there. And uh, I don't know what necessarily triggered the opening the position oh we had a guy just, leave you know yeah we yeah. had a uh, we had a high harmony singer yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. josh murphy yeah, yeah, who right. who yeah. left and we played without him for a while but then realized like man there's a hole here we need a high harmony and i really would like mandolin so yeah i just called nate and we and were I, actually i could in not the play studio. a mandolin so i rehearsed <laughs> last year if i'm awake i'm rehearsing five hundred okay. stuff basically is how it goes you can you can ask my wife she'll tell you all right, and then I was talking to Aaron prior to the interview, but he has a pretty interesting story about how he met Ryan and the group, and it may date him and the band a little bit, but it sounds like MySpace <laughs> actually was uh, was part of the reason how he's actually in the group right now. Yeah, I was uh, cruising MySpace one day. <laughs> and uh, As we would do back then. Yeah, and, and came across this band and listened to uh, 
I think Sunshine and Shot Glass was one of the first songs on your, you know, how you have, like, top songs on your MySpace. <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, these guys are cool, you know? So I l listened to all of it, and I was like, I, I played in a band at the time, too. And uh, I saw that they were playing in Illinois. I'm from Illinois originally, and I figured I'd go out and check them out and see what they're like live, and they're awesome. So I was like, hey, your band's cool, and we should play shows <laughs> together with my band. Aaron, so that, was, that was your band, right? You fronted that band, right? Yeah, yeah, and I fronted that band, and... Uh, yeah, we did that for a few years, like, and just became pretty good friends, you know, just from swapping shows out, like, between their band. We, my band came down to Cincinnati a few times and played, and vice versa. We played up in Wisconsin and Chicago and Rockford, Illinois with them, and, you know, just kind of got to be buddies. And when uh, Noah went back to playing bass, they were looking for a guitar player, asked me if I wanted to come hang out and try out, and I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm trying to picture you. You went to the concert, and you didn't know anybody let, yet. And then afterwards, did you go and tap Ryan on the shoulder and say, hey, I want to be in your band? Or how, what was the first interaction like? No, I, I, I didn't even want to be in the band at the time. I just wanted to play shows with these guys because there wasn't any bands around my area that I felt like my band really fit in with very well at the time, too, because I was trying to do kind of like you? the more alternative country thing. These guys were the closest thing of what I could find at the time that was like cool you know that it's like man these guys are cool you know this is what i want to be doing kind of you know it's a, uh, yeah. a good match yeah yeah so i just like their music you know and I, I wanted to play some shows with them and it it didn't really occur to me that i could play in the band until they asked me one time we were uh, playing in dubuque iowa <laughs> and uh we swapped shows my other band too and they asked me if uh if i wanted to come down and try it and i was like yeah, hell yeah, I'll do it. So I came down and tried out, and two days later, I went on tour for like two two months with them. So, <laughs> yeah, it was trial by fire. You jumped in, and we were yeah. coast to coast, just gone. I learned like forty songs in like two weeks, and then mm -hmm. went on tour. Yeah, that with sounds them. familiar. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah, joining five hundred is. I think it's as close to it, and it, it's, it, it's as close as music can come to actual like playing camp. a full contact sport. Yeah. Or getting jumped into a gang. It's a lot <laughs> like that. They just they just kinda go, Yeah, welcome to the stage. And it's not Hang like tight. and it's not like you're trying to learn like, you know, brown eyed girl and stuff. Right, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. It's like play, these are the chords and they're all gonna be different every verse and chorus and you gotta play them as fast as you freaking can. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's a it's a pretty steep learning curve. Yeah, especially as someone who's not a musician like me, watching what you guys do up there seems so intricate and so advanced. I mean, I, I'm like blown away by you guys. The first time I saw ah. you guys was on Saturday, and then I saw you. No, again no, no. Today. Let him, let him go with that. Yeah, <laughs> get, let, hey, I'm building you guys up here right now. I'm, I'm yeah. serious, but no, you guys, are, you guys are incredible. I mean, oh, the, the talent you. that you guys, with the number of guys that you're doing it with, is is incredible. Oh, and we're a family too. Uh, you know the story that Aaron was telling. I mean, that's it was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, it was we're, 2009, we're, 2010. Yeah, that's well, I. I've known I've known you guys probably since 2006 or 2007, and uh, I yep. think 2010 is when I started playing in the band. The end of 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talk to me about all the touring and all the cities that you ha have been to, because I think a lot of our, our listeners, I mean, we're not going out on tour. Like, like what is that like? I, I think a lot of the audience would be interested in. Oh man, I can tell you, as a young man, it is the greatest experience ever. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I grew up in a small town and. You know, I had hardly, every time I got a chance to go downtown to Cincinnati, my mind was blown. And uh, so when I graduated high school, um, I had me and a buddy packed up and moved to Dallas with an idea of starting a punk band in Dallas. And 
you know, that didn't work out and whatever, but it was my first time getting away and just life on the road. Just tra- The best movies and TV shows involve traveling. Like, why is the X-Files so amazing? Because they're in a different city every day. There's a different setting. There are different characters. It's new. It's fresh every single episode. And that's what being on tour is like, you know, first off, you get to see, you know, our beautiful country and you get to meet new people. Uh, new, different foods, accents, just ways of life, uh, and it really broadens your horizons. And you know, as a like I said, as a small town kid, man, I didn't know what the hell I was getting into, and my whole world opened up literally. And oh god, it, it's just a one like when you're going on vacation. You know, mm-hmm. the best vacations are the road trip vacations where you drive across the country, and that's what I have done with my best friends for. Well, going on 17 years now, like it's been, it's been nonstop. It's been wonderful, um, but you know, there's also a dark side. There's, um, you know, drugs and alcohol. There's addiction. There's, I mean, just being poor. Uh, we lived in a van for, I mean, most of our career. And, lived and on people's van. couches, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and the kindness of others. And uh, eating. You know, canned beans, fifty-five yeah. cent canned yeah. beans, dollar menu at Taco Bell. That's <laughs> it, man. And every now and then, I, but also, you get free beer every night that you play. Oh, so, yeah. like, there, there are your calories for the day, right there. So it's very easy to fall into bad habits, and well, it's easy to fall into alcoholism. And mm-hmm. see, three out of the six of us are in alcohol recovery. Really? And, yeah, we're, I've been sober for eight years. Uh, my drummer's been sober for two. My bassist has been sober for going on two as well. I was and usually the DD. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why we had him join, because yeah. he was so responsible. Yeah, Aaron didn't join for his talent, but his ability to right. DD late night. That's yeah. good. Uh, yeah, wrangle cats. Yes, um, wrangle cats and pick them up. You yeah. can pick them up. You're big. You can pick yeah, them up. I can pick them all up and put them in the yeah. van. Yeah. 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 I can only <laughs> imagine, like, night after night playing and then having – uh, free drinks passed on to me at all times, and when the band comes in, everybody wants to party and play with the band, and you got to be the life of the party the whole time. And then once you get on stage, your adrenaline's pumping, the energy's there, you get the crowd going, and, and you just want to continue it almost every single night. Like, I, I don't know how I would be able to contain myself and stop myself from going out every single night. Well, you actually somewhat understand, you know, playing in the arena and the crowd cheering, like, mm-hmm. you get that. Yeah. Like that that is it's it's an adrenaline thing. rush. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah, you're you're performing, doing your craft, you have people, you know, being entertained by what you're doing. And there's n- if you aren't in that position, you don't understand how addictive that can be mm-hmm. in itself. So when you lose that, man, you can go into a deep depression and we I don't know, there was like a 2014-15ish I kind of just stopped playing mm-hmm. and, you know, focused on family, and that was awesome. It was great. You know, I got married, had kids, uh, but there was this gaping hole in my life that could not be filled any other way than performing. So I uh, called the dudes and just said, hey, let's do another record, and let's get back on the road mm-hmm. and do this thing again. And, uh, and here, yeah, here we are. Uh, we just released a new album this year. Been hitting the road hard, and... Yeah, life's good. It's a. Uh, it's definitely a. Uh, you got to walk a line between family man, and music, and it can be really tough sometimes. But for those listeners out there that know what I'm talking about, 
it doesn't have to, those two things don't have to oppose. You know, like you can find uh, a middle ground that, you know, compromise and there is a way because I'm doing it and mm-hmm. it's, there's a way to do it. <laughs> it it it's almost called, seems it's like called go to bed. <laughs> go to yeah. bed out on the road. Go to bed. <laughs> but you, you don't hear those stories very often. Like the guys that, are, you know, you hear about the horror stories, kind of like what you're talking about at times and you have your come to Jesus moments and then you fall back in line a little bit like do you feel like you kind of had to get to that point in order to pull back or could you have seen yourself maybe earlier on maybe not getting to that point or the other guys in the band that you mentioned you know how, how did that take place like I'm sure because you're with these guys every single day was there a point where you know a member of the group tried to pull guys back um no no, I don't think so. I think you were you were kind of the one that started the. Am I the one? You're that, the one that started because you're the yeah. one that kind of said oh, like, all right, yeah. you know, like enough's enough. Like I'm, d- you know, done doing this to myself. Kind of think that's that's okay. kind of in my eyes how I kind of saw it, you know, because. Yeah, I guess cause I, I mean, was the first one to get sober, and uh, the yeah, and then when I did, so. Man. I think the other guys realized how good it had treated him. Yeah. And they realize, like, man, this is something that, you know, I think I need to do, too. So, Yeah. Um, but, you know, being an alcoholic and just being an alcoholic, period, not no music involved is hard enough. But then when you're in a bar or a music venue, you know, five nights a week performing, getting, you know, you have shot a row of shots lined up right in front of you on stage. And it's the most tempting environment possible Mm -hmm. so that was the hardest part is i mean my sponsors i mean straight up told me he's like dude you're gonna have to stop playing music i'm sorry to tell you like there's you can't put yourself in these situations night after night there's no way you're gonna stay sober um but when anyone tells me i can't do something (laughs) that really pisses me off (laughs) so uh i just did man i don't know how to explain it i I had a good support system, mm-hmm. but uh, my wife helped, my sponsor helped, but you know, I told my sponsor, like, dude, I'm not gonna stop doing the thing that makes me me. We, well, I'll just figure it out, and you just take it one day at a time. And right. before you know it, it's been a year and two years, and now here I am now. It's been eight years. It's it's wild. <laughs> Yeah. 
You guys have the new album out. I believe this is the fifth uh, studio album, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, right. Um, and so how can listeners find you guys? Like, what is the best place for them to go to to find 500 Miles to Memphis? Well, I mean, any streaming platform. Okay. It, it will just pick your favorite. Um, the, I, I mean, honestly, from a numbers standpoint, it helps us more when people s- buy the record off of our website. And then stream us on Spotify, because that way we get paid for the mm-hmm. streams, and you've bought the album. So it's a win-win for us. Or the vinyl. Buy the vinyl, stream us on Spotify in your car. That's okay. like, for any, I mean, that's across the board. If you really want to support an independent band, buy their vinyl, and then stream them on Spotify. I mean, buy anything, really. You know, yeah, Support, sure, wear yeah. a t-shirt, tell people about the band, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, word of mouth, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I got five questions, and we've been at Fretboard Brewing Company all day today. So you're the third group that's come in, um, I guess, today on a Monday, which is fantastic. But I got five questions. I'm going to rack them up, and then we'll let you guys get rolling. Does that sound okay? Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. All right. It doesn't sound good that we're the last band, though. We weren't <laughs> your first pick. Well, sometimes the last is the best. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I guess it's up to the audience's discretion. We're, here. we're headlining the podcast. Oh, nice. <laughs> So, Aaron, I'm going to 
question you with the first one here, but if someone was to listen to 500 Miles to Memphis for the first time, what song would you have them listen to and why? Oh, man. This is tough. I mean... Don't I, screw this up. <laughs> I'd say if, if you want to... If you want us, probably the best representation of what we're doing right now it would be off one of the songs on the new album. One of my favorites to play live is Blessed Be the Damned. That's the title track off the album, but we have a couple singles that we put out for the album, too, that are really good, too. But, yeah, I think uh, I think that's one that's one thing that drew me to the band before I got in the band, why, why I genuinely liked the music is because there I can listen for, to an album from start to finish, and I don't hear a lot of bad songs, and that's how it was for me. You know, I don't know. That's that's when you that was be, that was from a fan standpoint before I was in the band. Say like 2006, 2007, I listened to All Sunshine and Shot Glass, and I and every song on it was awesome. And I was like, these guys are great, you know. And uh, yeah, all the album. I don't know. Blessed be the damned. How about that one? Okay, <laughs> now now that works perfect. That's, that's my personal one. Nate, you get question two here. Okay. Okay. If you could see any musician, band, artist play dead or alive who would that person be for you uh if i could see anybody play dead or alive his favorite bands he's seen like 400 times yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah i've kind of accomplished this goal um, <laughs> let me see uh well i've seen the uh kind of review that that goes around the country and i enjoyed it so much uh, i guess probably Jimi hendrix Okay. I'd like to see, you know, I've seen the Hendrix Experience thing a couple of times, and it's so amazing. And it occurred to me that at the time when I saw it the first time that I wasn't the biggest Hendrix fan, and watching the show, it occurred to me, well, in part because for me to really fall in love with the band, i got to see them live, and they got to kick ass. And if I can't have that experience, then I'm only going in so deep with them. And Hendrix, obviously, being gone before I was even born, I never got that opportunity. So hearing them, uh, other performers do his stuff live and alive, big PA concert environment, was pretty revelatory. So I guess, yeah, for that question, I'd probably say Hendrix. All right. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get too much argument uh, with that answer. It's I don't think I good. should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ryan, are you prepared? You're not mm. nervous for they, those weren't too bad, right? No, those were pretty good. So you've played at a lot of different venues, right, in a lot of different cities. Don't even ask me my favorite. <laughs> Are you going to ask me? You're going to make me pick favorites. Do you have a favorite or a favorite city to go to, maybe? Well, there's always the Southgate House. You know, um, that's been our home, God, since I well, I was uh, I did my first show there when I was 16. I mean, I wasn't supposed to be in there, right. and I had been playing there. <laughs> for years and then celebrated my 21st birthday there and the bartender was like what the hell you're just now 21 you've been playing here for five <laughs> years um, so just for history and family sake Southgate House is family uh, and always will be uh, but as far as across the country favorite venues man there's this place in Dallas called the Double Wide that's awesome um, the Milestone in Charlotte North Carolina which closed down. Did they reopen? You know, yeah. I'm not sure. No. We haven't been to Charlotte in a while. Leave it in the comments below. Um, <laughs> the Milestone in Charlotte for sure. Uh, I mean, the Roxy in L.A. Yeah. I thought that was that was a good one to put a notch on your belt at, I think. I don't know. Just mm. Dallas, Charlotte, California, mm -hmm. anywhere. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's really hard. It really is hard to pick a favorite. There, Every city's got 
phenomenal venues. Okay. I mean, it's yeah, we played uh, in the play. the, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. I don't want to name the city, and I'm not going to name the venue. But one of the weirdest experiences I ever had, we were, Aaron, you were, were new to the band-ish. Yeah. And we were rolling through Montana, and we pulled up to this, what looked like two crack houses smashed together. Um, and we get there, there's not one car in the parking lot. And it's like a, it's like two double wides smashed together. And there's not a soul around for miles. And we were considering maybe we ought to pack up and just... You know, let's just not even yeah. load into this place. Let's leave. And, nah, we didn't have anywhere to go. It's like, ah, screw it. We'll just play anyway. And so we waited a few hours for, you know, the bartender to show up and let us in. And we walk into this place, and it's a, it's a mess. I think it, it, like, used to be a bowling alley. I mean, there's just, like, garbage everywhere. The sound system was a joke. But we get on stage, and, like, 15 minutes before we take the stage, it's like the entire town showed up. And it was freaking packed wow. and they loved us and we and it was one of the coolest experiences i'd had on the road and just out of nowhere we had never played there before we didn't hardly promote the show but it ended up being one of my favorite it was the most unexpected experience is, it, is this I've a had. place that you go to yearly or? we have not been there since okay so i want to leave one that memory intact all right fair we enough had a, yeah. we had a not as the bar was a, what was the place we played when we made the, uh, was it Madison? Where, where did we oh, play Milwaukee? with the um, where Club? we? No, it was bef- the night before. Where was the first stop there? Oh, Racine. Racine. Yes, uh, Racine. Was that was that sort was cool. of a similar yeah. vibe. Didn't like, know uh, what to expect. It looked like it was just a restaurant they converted, put a stage, it that went was, into the room, yeah. and then right. miraculously, like, kind of, I don't know, I'm sure the whole town didn't show up, but the it felt like. The well, the opposite is we were super late, so they didn't think we were showing up. <laughs> is so that what that was? Oh, yeah. yeah. So oh, it's, yeah. it's okay. the inverse yeah, of that, that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Aaron, you ready for question four? All right, let's we go. Got, we only got one more left after this. All right. All right. What has your peak moment been as a musician, the highlight of your career at this point? Man, that's a tough one. I'm taking you down memory lane a little bit. I know, right? Yeah. I, I, I played in kind of a sort of popular punk pop punk band that, was like around the Chicago area, I guess, like when all the cool pop punk bands were coming out of Chicago, like Fall Out Boy and stuff. And I got to play a lot of cool shows with all those guys and kind of become friends with them, you know, at the time, too. And uh, that was pretty cool. Um, but, I mean, getting to go on the road to 500, like all the places that we've gotten to go, like just going on tour, it's like it's Ryan said, it's the best way to see the country. Like, I've, I feel like I can, like, pick up a conversation literally wherever I am with whoever I'm talking to and tell them, like, oh, yeah. You know, oh, have you been here? You know, like, oh, you're from there? Yeah, I've been there, you know. Like, that's the best part about it, kind of, you know. It's a good icebreaker. It, it's a, yeah, I feel like I should do sales, I think, maybe, because, like, <laughs> I could probably sell anything to anybody because, <laughs> you know, I could strike up a conversation about something, you know, the goofiest stuff or whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. Just, uh, yeah, going on tour and seeing all the stuff was fun. Yeah, making, just making friends all over the country. And it, mm-hmm. it, it continues because a lot of the people that we met on the road, I still see them because a lot of the guys that we became friends with, like in Texas and stuff, like they're still playing in bands or working with bands that are coming through Cincinnati. So when they're coming into, into town, I still get to see people. Like Jeter, he's a tour manager for Reverend Horton Heat, so I get to go to shows like that for free, you know, and just getting to be friends with all these people that we've met over the years, you know. All right, last question. Who wants it? 
firing it off. Actually, no. I mean, we're waiting to see what it was. <laughs> all right. I'll, so advice for somebody that's just starting out. So a young musician, just learning how to play, kind of getting the energy to go out and perform uh, in front of people, maybe realizing that they have a talent. You know, what advice would you give for somebody that's just starting out? I think we uh, probably Ryan's got a deeper, more involved answer for this, I'm sure. Uh, I would just say do it. Don't. Don't let anything stop you from doing it if you can and not be stopped. And you're going to suck. Everybody sucks uh-huh. when they start. You know? like, just keep doing it. Yep. You know? just, just, just do it. practice. And, Life you know? is short. Get out and do it. Eventually, you, you, might, it. you might get good enough that people start to tell you that you don't suck that bad. <laughs> and then, you know. <laughs> I, man, he's not wrong. That's yeah, that, that, I, the, the exact story that I told about, you know, how I started. Yeah. You know, no one comes out of the womb a mm. rock star, you know. Uh, we all have to work really hard to perform the way we do. And, you know, it has to become second nature. And for someone just starting out, oh, man, honestly, if, feel free to share my contact info because I really love talking to new artists. Um, and if you have questions out there, I'm more than happy to answer because there are a lot of mistakes that I can help you not make. Um, so I would... Say, for someone just starting out, go to a lot of open mics, keep woodshedding, keep practicing, put your hands on the guitar, piano, whatever instrument it is. Put your hands on it every single day, you know, whether it's for 20 minutes or three hours. But you know that you want to be the best and you mm-hmm. want to be good. The only way to do that is to constantly play. Um, so get out, network, play as many open mic nights as you can. You, that's honestly how, kind of how I started 500, is going out, playing the open mic nights. And that's how I met, you know, most of the guys that are in the band and got kind of involved in the local music scene. And then once you kind of establish yourself locally and you have a good enough show that you can take it on the road, then you start hitting up towns regionally, you know, go out to Indy, go up to Dayton, mm-hmm. go up to Columbus, uh, well, we're from Cincinnati, so I'm just naming cities near us. But, I mean, that's kind of how you start, you know, you just baby steps. Uh, but it just takes constant work and practice. If you take your eye off the ball for a second, there you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, you cannot take your eye off the ball. That is, that's when you lose it. That's when the guys and gals that work the hardest are the ones that make it. And, sure, there are exceptions to that rule where you have some untalented hack that just knows someone and has money, yay for them. They're not going to have a long-lasting career. The people that are truly talented work their ass off for it, and they don't ever stop. Even if they suck, you're going to get booed off stage. I've been booed off stage. I've been embarrassed. And you've got to get through that, and you grow thicker skin because of it and become a better performer. And before you know it, it will be second nature to you, and you won't even be – you'll be helping younger people. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. I, I would say maybe um, the show portion of it. If you're young and you're starting out and, you know, you focus on, I'm going to be on stage, I'm going to be a rock star, and that's all great, and hopefully you will be. But there's so much more to it. That is all, that's pretty much the smallest portion of everything involved is, is that hour or two hours or whatever on stage. So if you don't love sitting on your couch running scales while you're watching TV or if you don't if you don't get a kick out of just setting your rig up and getting a line through it and strumming that first chord like if you don't dig hanging out with your boys or your girls in the band and just vibing mm-hmm. just talking if you can't get down with humping gear around and stuff like that like just go ahead and stop now 
because that's yeah. that's all a huge part of it and the playing on stage is fun for sure but if you don't love pretty much all of it involved it it might not be the thing you're going to do for mm-hmm. very long yeah cuz being on stage at times is a small percentage you got to be it ready really ready is. to work yeah, you got to be ready well, to you, live you, it you know yeah. you know the game once a week or a couple times a yeah. week and that but you're you were at practice running gassers more than you were running yeah. down the floor scoring the game-winning yeah. shot. Anything you know? that you want to be great in, you have to be a student of it. And you have to deal with the ridicule, which is which oh, is challenging. Yeah. And, and, yeah. There's, and there's more and more of it now yeah. than there ever has been Thicken before. Thicken that skin up. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is a freaking critic. You know, oh, yeah. it, is, it is brutal out there. But... You gotta ignore the haters. I yeah. mean, it's you have to, especially now. It wasn't like that when I first started. I mean, you know, social media wasn't even a thing when we mm-hmm. first started this band, and you know, we released this new album. We got this music video, and you know, you see some comments that it's not a lot, but you know, they cut pretty deep, and it's yeah. like, why even say anything? <laughs> it's a, it's amazing that people. Get on social media to throw those comments in. I mean, yeah, who I, who sits at their house yeah, and I, has time to dig out? It's, it's, it's the strangest thing. Tell people I hate it. I don't just get that. people being jealous that yeah, we're having fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's what, you just gotta have fun. You know, yeah. that's what it's all about. Yep. All right. Well, you guys have been really gracious with your time. We appreciate you guys coming out. So Nate, Aaron, Ryan, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Now we always leave. Any interview that we do, whether it's an athlete, a musician, uh, a CEO at a company, a, a young entrepreneur, we always leave them with the same question because we are the Be Different podcast. We're all about connecting with people, especially in, in our community here in Cincinnati that are making an impact, and we feel like you guys are doing that. Uh, so kind of what is it about you, your group, your shows uh, that makes you guys different? Dead silence. <laughs> Uh, That's a big question. There's not a lot of band. I I can't think of any bands that sound like us. We have our own thing going. Yeah, I mean, just um, from a surface level, yeah, we have a different sound. I mean, no Mm -hmm. one does Americana punk rock. And, I mean, no no one does our brand of it anyway. And uh, But aside from that, you know, when we're putting on shows, wherever it may be, we're an independent band. We're proud of that fact. And yeah, we we uh, we're signed with some record labels and all that stuff, but we're 100% independent, and we strive every night to put on an arena show in a bar or you know a 200 seater, 300 seater venue. No matter the size, you're still gonna get the arena. You're getting 110% of our heart and soul every night. No matter who's there, no matter the size of the venue, and. You know, I think a lot of musicians would probably try to answer that or would answer that way, you know, Mm because that's the goal is to, like, play your best every night. But, I mean, I can – I don't want to toot my own horn, so I'll toot their horn. I have the best band in Cincinnati, and I I love those guys dearly. They work so hard, and they care, and that is the difference. So – I guess that's how we're different. Our sound's different, but, you know. I would say as a fan for years and years before I ever joined the band, um, and not that other bands aren't fun, and you're not going to enjoy seeing other bands, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, every time a 500 show would roll around or whatever, I mean, the thought in my head was always that's going to be a blast. Um, 
it's a really fun band. It's a really fun band to play in, but it's it's a really fun band to see. I never hesitate to tell people that even if they're not familiar, it's like eh, just come out. You're you're probably gonna have a good time, even if you don't know a single song. Yeah. Give it thirty seconds, and I'm pretty sure you're gonna you won't you won't be sorry you came out. And we got Dave. We got Dave. Yeah, he's the secret that's sauce. That's it. Oh, wait, yeah. that's it. Yeah. We got Dave. That's, that's, that's what answer. it is. Dave Brown. <laughs> Dave we got Dave Rose Brown. <laughs> that's pretty good. We <laughs> got right. one of the best drummers on the planet, too. I just want to say that because I'm a drummer myself, and I love playing with Kevin. All right, fellas. Well, thank you so much for being here. For thank you. Greg Witcher, Nick Given, and Brad Redford, the Be Different podcast is out of here. Excuse, yeah, I got a broken car with a bus and wheel.
Thank you. Thank you, podcast.